The pandemic forced Major League Baseball to suspend spring training in 2020, and in 2021 has once again created another set of challenges. We'll have about 1,500 fans at the ballpark every day. All fans will be sitting in pods ranging in sizes from one to six. They'll be socially distanced with a minimum of six feet of distance around themselves and any other guests. Everybody will ask to be wearing a mask uh, the entirety of the time they're in the ballpark unless obviously they're eating and drinking at their seat. It's not, however, the first time that baseball had to adjust its spring training schedule in the face of a national crisis. In late 1942, with the country at war and citizens facing gas rationing, travel restrictions, and a reduced national speed limit, Joseph Eastman, director of the Office of Defense Transportation, urged baseball to reduce its travel plans for the approaching 1943 season. Baseball Commissioner Kennesaw Mountain Landis responded by ordering the 16 Major League teams to shorten their spring training schedules and restrict their training sites to a geographical area north of the Ohio and Potomac Rivers and east of the Mississippi. As a result, Major League teams scrambled to find spring training sites near their home cities. Both Chicago teams, the Cubs and the White Sox, selected nearby French Creek, Indiana. Other teams made arrangements to train in college towns like Bloomington and Muncie, Indiana. The Dodgers went to Bear Mountain, just five miles from West Point, while the Yankees selected Asbury Park, New Jersey. The two St. Louis teams, the only baseball franchises located west of the Mississippi, were among the last to select their spring training sites. The Browns, after looking at several possibilities, decided on Cape Girardeau though they had to receive permission to train on the Missouri side of the Mississippi. The Cardinals, looking for a site farther south, settled on Cairo, Illinois, even after being warned about the threat of spring flooding. In early March, St. Louis ballplayers, accustomed to spending their leisurely time during spring training, playing golf and deep-sea fishing, packed long underwear, woolen gloves, and earmuffs, and headed to Cape Girardeau or Cairo. Heartland fans suddenly had major league ballplayers staying at local hotels and working out at local gyms and ball fields. The Cardinals were the defending National League champions for each of the three springs from 1943 to 1945 that they trained in Cairo. The Browns, at the time, were regarded as one of the worst teams in baseball, but they surprised everyone by winning their only American League pennant in 1944 before losing to the Cardinals in the World Series. And he struck him out, it's all over. Great relief pitching, and all the Cardinals come tearing out of the dugout to grab Ted Wilkes, including Mort Cooper down there, who pitched a great game himself yesterday. The final score, the St. Louis Cardinals three, the Browns one, and the Cardinals take the World Series of 1944, four games to two. In the spring of 1945, Cairo and Cape Girardeau could claim they were the spring training homes for the best teams in baseball. Because of the war and the weather, playing spring training host to the Browns and the Cardinals was unpredictable at best. The number of players available for the Browns and Cardinals depended upon draft boards. Those who did show up for camp either had draft deferments or were 4F. In 1945, Cape Girardeau baseball fans 
were the first to watch one-armed outfielder Pete Gray play in a big league uniform. Sensation of this year's baseball season is one-armed Pete Gray of the St. Louis Browns. Despite his handicap, Pete asks and gives no favors, standing right up there with the best of them. He played two years for Memphis and came to the big leagues on his own merits. His arm was lost when he was six, but that didn't kill his spirit nor his dreams of making the big leagues. His batting average is good, though most of his hits are singles. Even when he grounds out, he gets the plaudits of the crowd. Weather conditions were often more wintry than spring-like and forced the teams to train indoors. When they were able to practice outdoors, players often wore heavy jackets, tucked towels around their necks for protection against the wind, and in batting practice wore wool gloves to protect their hands from stinging. Players also had to battle colds and the flu, and in 1944 had to be inoculated against a diphtheria outbreak. The teams did manage to avoid problems with spring flooding until the Ohio and Mississippi overflowed their banks in 1945, when several Cardinal players were photographed fishing in a flooded outfield, the team decided it was time to head for St. Louis. With the war coming to an end, the rising floodwaters marked an end of spring training in Cape Girardeau and Cairo and a return in 1946 to Florida for spring training. After the war ended, baseball fans in Cape Girardeau and Cairo once again had to travel to St. Louis to see big league baseball, but for a time, they had the opportunity to watch big league ballplayers shiver themselves into shape for opening day. This is Pete Peterson for Reading Baseball.